This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment rights. Welcome to two full hours of Gun Owners Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz, will teach you about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your rights to keep and bear arms. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with questions to learn how to become a sponsor of Gun Owners Radio and get involved. Together, we will win. Now here's your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. Well, hey, folks, you deserve the best tools to defend yourself and your loved ones. The problem is that lawmakers don't understand that criminals don't obey the law. Gun control laws just make it harder for law-abiding citizens to protect themselves. So what can you do about it? You need to join a Second Amendment activist group like Orange County Gun Owners. OCGO makes activism easy. OCGO connects you with the other gun owners in your area. Working together, we're getting more pro-gun officials elected so join today at orangecountygunowners.com. Go to orangecountygunowners.com and please join today. Speaking of Orange County Gun Owners, yes. there's a big Orange County Gun Owners event this weekend coming up, well, in a week, mm-hmm. next Saturday, and that is uh, Orange County's having a Second Amendment celebration dinner at the Orange Hill Restaurant. Is it like gun prom? It's a lot like gun prom. Do you remember gun prom? Yep. It actually is. It's their gun prom. Hmm. Yeah, But it's not as big. San Diego's has grown into... Uh, a, a circus, basically, right? I'm not surprised. Yeah. How so many we, people do you think were there, yeah. Jackson? 999. That's right. That's yeah, exactly that, right. That's very good. By the way, you buying a table? Table. Yeah, so yeah. you can invite seven of your, your best friends. Yep. Come hang out with you. Gonna, you you're going to bump for the champagne table? <laughs> Probably yeah. what they It's a good cause, right? You're a big champagne guy, right? Yeah. Uh, more likely a red Fanta guy, but <laughs> fun fact: yesterday, uh, uh, yesterday night, I went to the uh, this new place called uh, I can't remember if it was True Foods or Food Trues. Uh-huh. I drank out of one of those um, uh, wine glasses. Yeah, did you really? What did you drink? Uh, pink lemonade. Oh, wow. out of a wine glass? That's fancy. Jeez. Yeah. Was it good? It did tip yeah. over. You did tip it over. It um, was good? Yep. Yeah. Oh. Pinky out. Oh, pinky out. <laughs> well, we're going to have pinky out. We're going to have to work on, maybe we'll have to add a uh, red Fanta table to <laughs> gun prom. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure how much that'll At cost. At least else, get a sponsor. Yeah. And also, uh, mo- you know how most people hold up uh, the glass by the big part where the uh, drink yeah, goes in? Sure. Held it by the little tiny handle. Oh, very fancy. So you know, if you do that, it won't, it won't, it won't get warm. Your hands make it all warm. But if you're holding it that way, it won't get warm. So that's very perfect. Very sophisticated. Yeah, I think the pinky out requirement is a good one to implement. Yeah, I I do too. Yeah, for a nine-year-old. So anyway, (laughs) um, we uh, so it's gun prom this Saturday. Uh, Tickets still on sale. Go to gunprom.com. Ninety-nine bucks a ticket. Plenty of tickets on uh, are, are, are available, and that's for Orange County. It's for Orange County at the Orange Hill Restaurant. Ninety nine bucks. We're gonna have all kinds of cool stuff. Prizes. You gonna be there? People, and I'm gonna be there, and uh, we'll have all kinds of fun. It'll be uh, it'll be a really great event. It's right. uh, you know Orange County gun owners is growing and growing and growing. And so you don't have to really live in Orange County if you want to come to this one to support. Yeah, 
you know, you can come out of San Diego. It's okay. A lot of people coming from different areas. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, and trust me, if you've not been to Gun Prom, it's just hanging around with a bunch of uh, friends that are all like-minded. Exactly. Might even get some surprises. Exactly. What else you got? Don't forget those tuxes. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Tux optional. You don't have to wear a tux, <laughs> but a suit. You're wearing a tux, aren't you? For, you know, to um, Gun Prom. Not right now. Not currently. Uh, yes, yeah, same as last year. But camouflage bow tie, um, uh, camouflage shoes. Nice. He's set. Top hat, McCain, ready to go. Do 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 do. do. <laughs> you, did you do you have, in my memory? You had a top hat. Did you have a top hat? No, I didn't have a top hat or a cane. I just had the suit. All right. Okay. Have you ever worn a top hat? Um. Uh, no, but hopefully soon I'll wear one. Well, you got to run it to the gun prom. Go get down. There get, you go. Pop one up. A camouflage hat or just yeah, there maybe you like a you get like slash from Guns N' Roses. You can wear one of those hats. Well, he's wearing <laughs> boots. How cool would that be? You got to get there. the top hat that folds up, though. You got to be able to pop it shut. Pop there it you go. <laughs> yeah, I was I was kind of saying the same thing. So you only get to do it once a year. You got to go all out. Yeah, heck yeah. You, you'd be surprised how many people are going to dress up. What, they come as cowboys? They say they... Yeah. Usually, on. only see one or two pair of rattlesnake boots. Though. Yeah, well, that's true. There, is, there are there are the the pristine. You know, the it really you see a pretty wide variety I of know. people at our gun prom. You really do. There is no if if you were to say, what's the general look? There's you not one. Smorgasbord. You you, know? you would a lot of people would probably make assumptions. There's a lot of cowboy hats and a lot of whatever. Yeah, not not the. No. I mean, there are people in cowboy hats. People but in how many? I bet you to this day, how, how many mm-hmm. have we done now? Five. Uh, yes, I believe. I bet. That you've walked up and ran into somebody that you knew that had you had no idea they were a gun owner or they even cared. It happens all the time. Especially at the gun prom. That's what's one of my favorite things at our Christmas parties, yeah. at our uh, at uh, gun prom, at our events. One of my favorite things in the world is seeing uh, a member who, you know, maybe they've been going to the South County meeting and another member that's been going to the central mm-hmm. meeting and they both happen to be at the same place and they go oh my gosh you know and maybe they've been going to you're church into together guns. You're yeah into guns <laughs> yeah maybe they used to work together yeah. maybe they were go to church together or something like that and they had no idea that's my yeah. very favorite thing i've seen that a bunch a yeah. bunch it's an it's and, and it's and it's it's so much fun too because it's like like breath of fresh air somebody i can talk yeah. to so if you're anywhere near Orange County and yeah. you got nothing going on this Saturday, go to gunprom.com, buy a ticket for 99 bucks. June 18th is San Diego's Gun Prom. Mm-hmm. And gentlemen, we're actually, uh, we're, I, I'm kind of letting a cat out of the back, but in a couple months, I think you're going to see a, uh, an Inland Empire Gun Prom. Not yet. Oh. But stay tuned. Jinx. <laughs> no, we don't jinx. Yeah. We're good you have luck. to buy him a, a red Fanta. <laughs> bubbly <clears throat> so go to gunprom.com and look for a, uh, a ticket for orange county or san diego coming up on the show we're going to talk to kaylee allen you guys remember kaylee she was oh, yeah. yeah she was uh involved in uh, an incident up mm-hmm. in in her high school and it changed her turned her into an active second amendment uh supporter and she's got a, some some very interesting things do you guys see the biden uh did you watch the biden uh thing the biden debacle on on ghost guns last week oh <laughs> yes so oh. she's got a real interesting angle on the uh, uh on it and we're, so we're gonna have her on the air and we're gonna talk more about it and we're gonna talk to uh did you see it joe I, you know I, where he was I, holding I, the I, ghost I, gun I and i just can't you just can't, <laughs> I, I can't. and joe's gonna interview ken campbell from oh. gun because joe you just got back right we did yeah we we're out there all week 
So you're wow. going to talk all about it. You and Nina went, and you're going to have Ken Campbell on. You're going to talk all about it. That's the plan. Where's gonna, Nina? Uh, right now, she was the other half of that team. <laughs> Thought she's supposed to be. Hopefully, yeah, she's she on, hopefully she's on the other end of the radio listening to this. <laughs> she should be in studio. Just get her perspective of of the. Did she shoot? Yeah, she took a PCC well, class. Then she should be sitting here. Goodness. Okay, tell us. She's it. perfect she's, for she's the not, show. She's not getting away. You got another weekend. All right. Yeah. And then we're, we'll talk to, of course, we're going to have Sam the Gunman. I have a mic drop. We'll talk you have to a the, mic drop. I love, a mic your, drop. I love your mic drops. Thank I do. you. Oh, Thank they're you. back? <laughs> yeah, I know. They're so cool because oh, you put a lot of thought into them. Well, we're going to yeah. talk about, it's going gonna, it's gonna to double as information on a, on a victory. We had a victory in La Mesa. Another one? Yeah. Well, it was uh, another victory. Yeah. yeah we, uh, they tried to uh, regulate um, the storage of firearms in La Mesa, and we won. If if not for San Diego County gun owners, La Mesa wow. would would have would have to lock up all their guns, even when they're um, uh, even when they're home, even if they don't have kids. It was this really ridiculous gun right. regulation. Um, if not for us, it it would have it would have passed. We we got it killed. Wow. That is super good news. So we're going to talk about that and go over all the details and everything. And, like uh, Space Invaders, yeah. almost that invader shot out of the park. Exactly yeah. right. Space Invaders. Space like Invaders. That. Everything old is new again. Well, Do you play Space Invaders? Oh, yeah. Dave and Busters, I sometimes play Space Invaders. Sure. You right. know, we got to hang out more off yeah, the show. Yeah, Because that's yeah. right up my alley right yeah. there. Drink milk and just rock it on the games, man. All right, hey, we're going to take a quick break. It's Gun Owners Radio, <laughs> FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Ah. All right, folks, welcome back. You are listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96, AM 1170. Uh, the answer. So last week, our president gave a big, dumb speech on ghost guns, and it was ridiculous, as you can guess. And Kaylee Allen's going to come talk about it, a school shooting survivor. Um, she's uh, coming up next to expose some of the propaganda. But, folks, if you have legal matters that involve firearms and you need to call... California firearm lawyer John Dillon, especially if you have questions on red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you need to know that your guns are California compliant. Call our trusted firearms attorney John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Call 760-642-7150 or just visit the website at DillonLawGP.com. All right. So like I said, President Biden... We were just talking about it a little bit. President Biden had a press conference. So the one, the the anti gun groups are really, really good at picking one thing, and then that's their thing that they concentrate on, and they hammered into the into your into your your ears like it's the the worst thing that's ever happened to to the world until they they get some progress on it, and then at some point they figure out okay we've accomplished what we tried to accomplish we banned whatever we tried to ban, or they move on. You know, or they, you know, chip away and, and move on to the next thing. So the latest thing is ghost guns. Mm-hmm. And they're actually conflating the two uh, two issues. They're conflating ghost guns, which is a term, like a pejorative term for a gun that doesn't have a, 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 um, a serial number, and home manufactured mm-hmm. guns, which may or may not be a ghost gun, but they're, they're two different things. 
So they know that ghost guns, that sounds horrible, and people are, uh, you know, they're basically going to get a lot more uh, traction going after ghost guns. But what they're really doing is they're going after home manufactured firearms. And so Biden gave a whole big, long speech on what they're going to do. And the ATF is basically going to redefine what a firearm is. And there's going to be all kinds of regulations. But one of the important things to, to know about this is this is all cut and paste from California. And, you know, his vice president is a former senator from California. I mean, this isn't, you know, to all the people that left California and went to Arizona or went to Tennessee or wherever you went and, you know, and, and you know, showed your middle finger to California or way out and said, ha, 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 your gun laws are stupid. Okay, well, all those gun laws are coming to find you. They're going national. They're coming to find you. Mm-hmm. So there's no way to run and hide anymore. You have to, you have to stand up and fight but i was talking to my friend kaylee and uh and she pointed out something very very interesting about one of the one of the guests for his press conference so i wanted to have kaylee come on and talk about it kaylee how are you i'm good how are you fantastic it's nice to hear from you again uh tell everybody uh let's kind of set it up tell everybody who you are tell everybody who you are what what tell a little bit about the very tragic thing that you you went through so November 14th, 2019, a gunman walked onto campus and began firing. Um, he had used a ghost gun, and he had killed two people, injured three others, and then killed himself. And I was there. I performed first aid on a victim and essentially waited what felt like forever for help to arrive. And as a result, you, you were already, your, your, your parents, your dad was, was fairly, it was a hobby for him. He owned some firearms. But it, it essentially, um, how, how did, what, what was the impact on your, on your views on the Second Amendment? I was not necessarily pro-Second Amendment. I, under, I felt like I had understood the gun control side of it, and I was almost supportive of it uh, to a certain extent. Uh, firearms kind of scared me quite badly. I didn't want to go shoot them. I pretty much avoided them if I could. Um, and after the shooting, I had really done my research on them, and I had fallen in love with them and the idea of them. And now shooting is a hobby for me. That's awesome. And uh, you, you came to give a talk at Gun Prom last year, which we very much appreciate. And you wrote an article for us, and you've you've been on the air with us. And what did you – now, did you watch uh, the speech with Biden last week? I did. And what were your thoughts on that? So they picked – our school had now made national media once again. They had picked um, the survivor that I had helped from our school um, to speak there. And I just found it really interesting that – you know, they chose her out of all people from our school. So in the, in the, in the, at the press conference, just to clarify at the press conference, yeah. he's, he's talking about everything. And you know, you know how they, they have people that, uh, you know, they, they bring people, uh, you know, and, and kind of feature them and say, Hey, something horrible happened to them. And that's why we need this law or whatever. So the person that they brought on was somebody that, you know, somebody they went to school with. Yes. And what, tell us about that. What was there? They were, they were at, at, at the school when, uh, on the day that the, that the shooting happened. Yeah, she was one of the victims. She was shot. Um, she's actually the victim that I had helped that day. Um, wow. And she is very, very anti-gun. Um, and she essentially told her story and talked about the 
anti-Second Amendment group she had joined and Hmm. then introduced President Biden, who gave his speech. So what are your feelings on this? This is somebody, you know, you know, you went through the same experience, but you guys came to two different conclusions of, you know, as far as what would have helped. What what were your thoughts on that with, with them using her in that way? I've seen it on multiple gun speeches that um, President Biden has made, but as well as other um, politicians. They typically pick someone who doesn't know a whole lot about the laws that they are talking about. Um, and really her story was just pure emotion. It had absolutely no fact, no solution, um, or no working solution, I should say. And she went up there and she stirred up a whole bunch of emotion, made people teary eyed, and then essentially announced her support for Biden's gun laws and walked off. And they always use someone who doesn't, know necessarily what they're talking about which is quite bothersome because you know there's a ton of people from my school who would be willing to stand up and say that they don't like what biden's plan is and clearly it's not working because a ghost gun was used in our school and we have these laws here in california which is an excellent point right we the basically the the law here pretty much existed in california You, you you had to have uh, all your guns had to be serialized, uh, for the most part. Uh, the uh, so it already existed here, um, but it didn't stop mm-hmm. it. No, that was so that was not mentioned. <laughs> no, that was not mentioned at all. Um, and you know, I also found it funny because you know, talking about ghost guns, they almost had to use her because, I mean, our a majority of school shootings, ghost guns are not used. It is registered firearms that were you know, already purchased legally from wherever. And we were one of the very few school shootings where a ghost gun was used, not the only, but one of the only ones that made national attention. And they really, that was their only option for someone to come speak because the other survivors at our school are not necessarily pro-2A, but they're not anti-2A either. And they can um, notice unconstitutional gun laws when they see them. Hmm. Um, so, but, another, so in other words, so they're really there are. It's just not that widespread an issue of people using uh, ghost guns to to do you know these these you know big horrible uh, mass shootings, which there really aren't a whole lot of mass shootings. That they very very few and far between, and. The, someone using a ghost gun um, to 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 commit that kind of heinous act uh, is even more rare, and so they they found like the one person in the nation um, that they could that they could bring up there to support their 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 laws. That's kind of what you're saying. In, in, even in in the shooting, most of the people who are survivors, you're saying, really wouldn't have supported this law. Whether or not, however, the, however they view guns or whatever, you're saying that the folks that you know that are survivors really wouldn't have supported this law. I think, I mean, some of them are in support of some gun laws, but I think when you really get down to um, the details of these laws, most would be unsupportive of them. Interesting. And of course, you know, when we're calling... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Say that again, Kaylee. Especially because we already have these laws in place. 
Yeah, and this is, the, the worst part is we keep calling it a law just out of convenience, but really it's it's not a law. He's he's uh, he's the executive branch of government. He's he's actually not uh, supposed to be changing laws. He's uh, but in effect that's that's what he's doing. He's directing uh, the ATF to redefine firearms, which is in and of itself a huge mistake. You, no matter where you stand on on guns or you know whether you're a NRA member or a Brady Organization member. You should you should support the idea that, w- that we should do things the way that they're they're spelled out in the Constitution, you know, um, which is uh, the executive branch. Uh, they don't make the laws. That's the legislative branch. Which is would you call that playing by the rule book? I'd say it was not playing by the rule book. Right, but that's you know, yeah. I mean, you got to play by the rule book. That's the only way the game needs to be played. I think it's more gaming the system is what he's <clears> doing because he's he's kind of following the rules, but not really. Right. No. Right. So that's interesting, Kaylee. Now, have you ever, just out of curiosity, of course, you know, the, the other thing is, I, you know, I don't know, I don't know this, the, the lady or the young lady that, that uh, Biden picked. And we don't, I don't anything against her. She went through a horrible, horrible experience. Um, I think that it would take uh, any, a very, very strong person like yourself, Kaylee, um, to come out of that experience without being overly emotional about a lot of it. So you know, I'm certainly not picking on her, and you know, understand her her point of view, and and you know, my heart goes out to her. I, I truly am sorry that she had to experience what she had to experience. But I'm just curious: have you ever talked to her? Have you guys ever sat down and said, "Hey, you know what? Let's let's really talk about this." You you and I went through this a similar, you know, basically the same experience. I mm-hmm. I have a different opinion than you. Have you guys ever hashed that out or tried to? I've tried on multiple occasions with her. Um, she was not someone who wanted to talk about it she was pretty set in her opinion and didn't want to hear my opinion and ended up blocking me i mean we don't talk at all now and haven't for well over a year wow really yeah that's unfortunate did things get heated i mean was there name calling or she just doesn't like the fact that you know other people have different opinions no it really came out during the whole blm stuff um Mm. She, you know, started bashing cops, and I had, you know, just mentioned that cops were probably, like, despite all of us sitting there, like, there was not much we could do, and cops coming and clearing the campus, you know, with them being the good guys with guns, um, were really what saved her life, and... Is she going to hang over, or... Uh, I, I think that's great. Thank you so much, Kaylee. Appreciate you coming on. Appreciate your story oh. very much and everything you do. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, folks, you're listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back. You listen to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. So I'm supposed to say a, st- a statement about Biden's gun control. Very do you have, do you have a statement? I can say anything about that. <laughs> we'll move on from that. Then. All right. <laughs> hey, have you ever dreamt about becoming a pilot? Well, make that dream come true at San Diego Flight Training International. We are so excited to welcome San Diego Flight Training International as a new sponsor. Learn to fly, start the adventure of a lifetime in the heart of San Diego, right in Montgomery Field. Getting started is easy, then just give them a call, 858-569-1822. You can learn to fly with SDFTI. Call them today, 
1822 and I'll see you in the clouds. We got to have those guys on. I want to I want to talk about that. You a pilot? You, you pilot Joe? You no, seem like you no. seem like a guy that's taken <laughs> a, a flight lesson or two. No? no, I never. You know, I was not crazy about those little planes. I, I felt much more comfortable in the helicopter than I did in the uh, the fixed wing plane. So now I'm I'm not a fan of those. Oh, all right. Well, we got to have them on and talk about it. So, what are your thoughts, Joe? What do you think about uh, his his the ghost gun thing? <laughs> you know, they're going after. Yeah. Again, you know, it's the same thing. It's like you were saying a little bit earlier. They come up with a cool name, ghost guns. Wow, we get a lot of mileage out of that. It's like assault rifle. Right. You know, and um, so you come up with a good, a cool name, and you just push the stuff. But I mean, it's it's not. There's no substance there, and that, that's they never argue substance. They never take a position on that kind of stuff, because it's um you know I, I wrote about this um was it a couple of months ago? We were talking about uh, national registry or national mm-hmm. gun register, and um, you know I cited a couple of places in there where the police rarely, if ever, use a registered gun to solve a crime. Right. I mean, it just doesn't it doesn't happen that way. There was um there was one site in there, one reference. I think it was the New York State Police went all the way back to 1904 uh, up to like 2018, and they found four cases. Um, where a registration number or serial number was used to solve a crime. And one of the four cases was iffy. Uh, it was debatable. Uh, you know, it just doesn't work that way. When they recover guns at crime scenes, it's because the criminal is either dead or injured. Or when they recover the gun there, it turns out to be a stolen gun. You know, it, it never leads them back to, uh, to a criminal. So it's, you know, it's, again, it's another nonsense law that, that does nothing but hurt people. It hurts innocent people. And... You know, it just it's it does not accomplish. You know, the the big goal they always say is what to increase public safety to reduce crime. It does neither of those things. What it does is like you you describe them as bear traps, right? It it sets traps for for normally law abiding citizens to to inadvertently become criminals. I mean, that that's all it does. And that's not just Joe's opinion. That's actually there's actually been right. a scientific study. That's right, I'm of, backed up. Of, yeah, we're you, follow <laughs> the science. Um, the, they, uh, studied California's law and specifically they studied, all right, well, does it, does it prevent crime to make sure that all guns are registered, you know? And no, it doesn't. There, it's absolutely, it's been proven again and again and again. And it's funny when you talk to people and say, Hey, here's the deal, you know, are these ghost guns, uh, serialized guns, et cetera, et cetera. People kind of recoil and go, Oh, well it's, it's not registered. You know, there's no, there's no, um, there's no, uh, serial number. And I think that gun owners kind of that kind of makes people recoil a little bit. No pun intended there, but that's the right answer. The right answer is, hey, why? Why do you want it registered? You know, what does that do? Well, it helps people solve crime. No, no, it, it actually doesn't. doesn't. There's been no, zero evidence of that. And actually, there is a reason. And, and again, we wrote about this before too. It's yeah, you know, registration is the precursor to confiscation. I mean, that that's the only reason. Mm-hmm. To register fire, the the government has no reason to to keep track of that kind of stuff. They no. just don't. And like we're saying, it doesn't do anything for crime. And the other thing, too, is a lot of times, you know, on the the anti-gun side, I mean, you know, some of these people, a lot of these people on that side, I think, just don't know. And they don't they don't bother to, to learn things. But the, the thing that I think is really, um, I don't know if frustrating is the right word from my point of view, but it's, they don't understand the hobby aspect of this. You know, everybody, they jump on this. You know, you look at what criminals do with guns. Okay, they kill other people, other criminals, other innocent people. But you never, you know, that's a, yeah, that's certainly one thing you can do with a tool. I guess, you know, I could use a hammer to hammer nails too. But it's just, um, you know, there's so much more to the firearms. And 
you know, there are a lot of people that like building firearms and people have been doing that since there've been firearms and people. And in fact, where we just stayed out in Arizona, the people we stayed with, the guy was showing me, he was, he's making an AR. He was out in the uh, shop machining it because he likes to do that stuff. He likes to work with his hands. He's good with wood. He works with metal stuff. And it's just, it's fun. It's a hobby. You know, he's not hurting anyone. He has no plans to hurt anybody with it. And it's, you know, it's unfortunate they, they attack people like that. Well, I think if, if there were, you know, if someone said, hey, look, I'm going to show you how we have, you know, how how registering guns and having having them serialized, I'm going to show you that they make a significant impact on preventing or solving crime. And we're going to we're going to have extremely, um, you know, bulletproof laws, uh, making sure that we don't use this system to take guns from people. I think I'd say, OK, great. You know, if that's what's happening, if it's really, truly not preventing and it's, you're not using it for confiscation and it really, truly is, um, uh, you know, taking away uh, uh, or, or, you know, helping to solve crime. I, I don't think there'd be an argument. But the reality is they're using it to put people in jail who aren't really committing any other crime other than, you know, having a uh, an unserialized firearm. It's not preventing crime. It's not helping people solve crime. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't truly doesn't make any sense, um, and and for that reason, uh, you know, and the education of the it's an uphill battle, you know, trying to get people to understand. Hey, look, you know, it's it's an enormous uphill battle, but uh, I, you know, I still say that the key, the secret to this whole thing is getting the right people elected. We're not, you know, mm-hmm. winning in court is you know, important. It's great. We're we're plaintiffs in five different lawsuits, but we've we've got to get the right people elected. Kamala Harris, you know, started local. Now she's the vice president of the United States. Mm. She's the one that brought this thing in. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not a coincidence that the vice president is from California and this is a cut and paste law. Um, which, by the way, again, not a law. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that it's not even a law. He's just changing what, what the executive branch defines as a firearm, which which is probably where they're going to win in court. Well, the only light at the end of the tunnel that I see is whoever comes in next. Hopefully. Will rescind that that order because they're not law. They're right. they're not cast in stone. It's just his strong tool for the time he's in office. Which that's probably the faster route. Yeah, is to get a new president elected. <laughs> that's think, what we have to go through. Think. Yeah, well, you know, pretty much just about anybody will fit the bill at this time. At this <laughs> point, who do you yeah. think? Who do you, who do you, who do you I, think? I would like to see DeSantis. Yeah, from to, from to Florida. Honest, from Florida, I'd like. Trump to be more involved as an advisor, but you know, not running the show. You know, use your experience from four years and help somebody, like help know. help DeSantis win. Yeah, well, you not know, run against him. Just I think if those two run against each other, it's it's toast. It's, it's a, yeah, yeah. Republican Party's done, and I hope they're smart enough to see that, and Trump's ego is small enough to accept it, because it's it it it's really this is going to be a good test just to see what's yeah. he going to put out for it. I think DeSantis could be just as good for the country as as Trump, except you just don't get the flair. He's not as as as, as divisive. No, you can't wait to see what Trump is going to say. Yeah, and he says the same thing over and over and well, over. Well, and he may be. What do you mean, think, Joe? Uh, I I don't think that. I think my my opinion is a little bit different. Who I, would you put? I want to see Trump in there again because he should have been there. <laughs> so do I. He should be there now. And he's a smart guy. Yeah. I'm hoping he learned yeah. some things from the last four years and from that last election. Right. I would love to see four years of Trump followed by 12 years of DeSantis. I mean, eight years of DeSantis. Well, you know, <laughs> that's, that's what I would like to see. That's, yeah, but, yeah, that's um, a good one. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's uh, 
Anything, you know, and there's always, remember the thriller from Manila coming back. Because uh, there's nobody on the Democrats. Even the Democrats don't want to see Joe Biden. I don't think they want to see Kamala, <laughs> Kamala Harris. Harris. And Hillary is just chomping at the oh, bit. She's crazy. So, uh, so you, you may see a rematch of that, too. It's going to be a very interesting couple of years coming up, I think. Well, since media controls everything, let that one play out. Because that's good TV. Oh, yeah. No, I think that would be great <laughs> There wouldn't be a TV well, set. Plus, you got... You got uh, Maybe Twitter in, under new ownership uh, coming up. Oh, so. <laughs> how exciting is that? Have, well, you, have you been following that? Oh you know, yeah, I've followed it pretty close. Oh, please yeah, let that happen. They're just playing. They're playing a game right now, and he's better at the game than they are because it's just him against all these lawyers, all these you know, invest. Now they they're going. Oh my gosh, he's trying to get in. He's yeah. trying to get in. Teslas are less cool now. I <laughs> Stock went up though. Yeah, I was I was really skeptical. Like when Elon Musk started kind of you know and Tesla and everything, I kind of I, I like, told I my know. wife because she does all the investing in the house because she was looking at, at Tesla stock. I said, "See, see," she goes, "Yeah, but they were they were struggling." I go, "That's when you buy." And I don't even play the game, but yeah, she would have. She said, "What do you know about cars?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, he didn't know anything. He didn't know anything either. But that was yeah. That's 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 an interesting trail. He's he's uh, blazed. And that's the easiest way to say that. Well, I was, but I was skeptical about him in general. I didn't know if I liked him, um, but oh. I like, I like him. I think he's oh, so far so good. I mean, he's yeah. speaking. Up. It's, it's, I like people that speak up and speak their minds yeah. and, and follow their heart. You know, I mean, whether whether I agree with them or not, you know, it's I, I like to see people stand up like that. And he's got the power. You know, he's got the yeah. horsepower to stand up and voice his opinion. Horsepower but, meaning money. Money. Yeah. Well, and he doesn't abuse it. It doesn't seem to me. He just seems matter of fact, and everybody listens. Like when they said, well, do you have a plan B? He goes, yes. <laughs> and, and that was absolutely perfect because that's what you want out of somebody. That And you could tell the guy's in charge. And, and all the other guys on the other side are running around like little mice in a maze trying to figure out where the cheese went. Yeah, it's going it's, to – you're, you're absolutely right. It's going to be good if it goes that way. It'd be good TV. Yeah, yeah, it'd be good entertainment. Here. And, he, he, and he's not, he doesn't overstep his bounds. He, well, I don't know. Maybe buying Twitter could be – Describes over there. Well, I think but that's he, great. He, he doesn't like weigh in on every dang thing and right. you know he's they, hey this is important to him and so uh, he'll probably you know. put the right people in place is what he'll probably do you know, he'll buy out contracts and you know he'll send all these people that he doesn't want in the organization and well most of them said they'd quit anyway unless they're making over six digits good quit yeah well yeah go exactly. get a real job because really what are you getting for your money as an employer so you know, and, you, and all you can do is I, I, what, I thought when your ratings went into the tank, you're done. No, CNN's still there. Right? That's what I just meant. Can't go That's, any lower. But I mean, how <laughs> I can they think. still? I mean, there's somebody's just bleeding like like crazy for ad dollars. Well, if if you, you would think yeah. if you want more information, by the yeah. way, just to wrap this up, <laughs> you want more information on the uh, Biden gun control thing. I uh, did a series of interviews last cool. week, so go to our Facebook page. Go to facebook.com/sdcgo. Or uh, go to our, go to the website. We posted up the interviews on the website and uh, check it out. It, it, it's it's worth it. You know, don't get all wrapped up in it. We we need you to do activism, yep. not just watch a bunch of news. So get involved. San Diego County Gun Owners, Orange County Gun Owners, Inland Empire Gun Owners. Hey, we make fighting for the Second Amendment easy. Stick around for more Gun Owner Radio right here on FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer.
right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. Gunsight Academy is one of the nation's leading firearms training facilities. <laughs> CEO of Gunsight, Ken Campbell, is next. But first, does it, you know, take too much time to clean your gun? Yeah. Well, clean, lube, protect your guns faster with Seal one Seal one CLP Plus is natural, non-toxic, environmentally friendly. You can taste good. Nah, that's not true. Clean your guns easier and faster. One and done with Seal One. Ask for it by name at your local gun shop. If you don't have it, hey, tell them to get some. They're going to appreciate it. Go to the website, SealOne.com. That's Seal, the number one, dot com. All right, Mike, who you got? Joe. Oh, Joe, I'm sorry. Did yeah, we got we get to hear from Free America today. We have Ken hey. Campbell on from Gunsight Academy in um, Paulden, Arizona. Ken, are you there? You've been paying. That, that's how I start things out. Free America calling. So Excellent. <laughs> how are, are you? You there, there, Ken? You breaking up? Yeah, it looks like you're breaking up a little bit. Okay, sorry. I'm, I'm on my cell phone. I'm at a friend's house for Easter dinner. Well, Can you hear me any better yet? Yeah, yeah that sounds good. Keep, keep that left leg lifted. You're, good, you're doing good. <laughs> so celebrating Easter, yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, I think we can still do that. Is we can, can sure we still we do can. that? Yeah. Any? Yeah, I think we have Easter still. But um, outstanding, Ken. So I uh, just want to tell everybody, uh, you know, I just saw you, uh, Nina and I, my wife and I, spent the week out there at Gunsight. And, um, man, what a fabulous experience that was. Um, and, uh, you know, I just wanted to ask you uh, about some of that because you were watching. You were in all the different classes and things working around there. And um, Nina just had a fantastic time. And it was interesting because I was, I was wondering, you know, is this going to be really good or really bad? <laughs> because, um, you know, being new to the uh, pistol caliber carbine, you know, I was wondering, is, is five days going to be too overwhelming and it's not going to be a great experience? Or is it going to be a really great experience? And she had two just fantastic instructors and she loved the whole thing. So talk a little bit about that, Ken. Sure. Hey, you know, it was great having both of you there, uh, especially your bride. I fired the gate guard for letting you in, but um, <laughs> we were we were really happy. Uh, no, it, it's a great class. It's always fun when the uh, Gunsight family brings their real family. And I'll tell you, Joe, there's no greater honor when you ask us to train the most precious people in your lives. And uh, we take that to heart. So uh, uh, Nina was, she was in the pistol caliber carbine class. That's about a 46-hour class. Uh, there's so many of those now, the Rugers, the Caltechs, and so on. And uh, she just toughed it out. We had Colonel uh, Randy Watt, uh, retired Special Forces Colonel, uh, and uh, Skylar Clute, uh, a uh, uh, game guide, uh, and so on. And, and they just uh, they had a great week. The weather was pretty decent, a little windy. But, man, they just picked up those little, little carbines and ran with them and, and just kept on going. So it, it was a good week. Well, you know, and that's what I say about Gunsight, too, because, um, you know, she's kind of just a little bit of the backstory. She discovered um, the pistol caliber carbine. She did a Women on Target uh, event a year or two ago, and she got to shoot a PCC gun, and she was just raving about it. And um, so I thought, okay, I'll get her one for Christmas and see how it goes. And, um, you know, she, she shoots now probably a couple of times a month with it. And then she was asking, is there any place that, um, you know, that has PCC classes? And I checked the gun site and you guys had one. And, um, so we came out there with it and it was interesting because, you know, it, as it turned out, pretty much everybody else in the class was pretty experienced. 
but the the instructors were just so good and um and like everybody like gun people everywhere everybody was really friendly everybody was really helpful and they made her feel really comfortable which is which is just a big deal because the um you know with uh the instructors at gunsight everybody's the real deal everybody's you know a 30-year law enforcement or military or just a tremendous amount of background and it does not feel like that there at all it's not intimidating or anything and you guys just do a great job with that well you know now she's come away not just being able to shoot her carbine but she can fight with it um she can do the manipulations if it fails to fire she can she knows automatically what to do and how to go about doing that she knows what she can do with it out to distance uh, as clint eastwood said you know a man's got to know his limitations she knows the limitations that she has uh, on this weapon system, and she had a whole lot of fun. Every time I was down there, and you know me, I'm, I'm downrange a couple times a day, she was smiling like the Cheshire Cat in Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. And that just makes my heart leap with joy when we get people that we know are a little bit nervous about being there, but they find out you're getting the show with dinner. Yeah, and, um, and you know, and that was it, too, because it, it was very challenging for her, the— uh... Something I didn't think about before, the, the gun was pretty heavy for her. And, uh, you know, the instructors worked with her. She discovered how valuable go- gloves could be. Because um, I think between the really dry air and, you know, all the manipulations with the gun, uh, her fingers were a little bit uh, torn up from that. But, again, she she did not. She was not overwhelmed. She didn't give up. And that's and that's just a, a credit to the instructors and all the staff there at Gunsight. I mean, you guys just do such a great job. Well, thank- Thank you. That's what we do here. Whether you come with zero skill skill set or you come with quite a bit of skill set, we're going to make you both run faster and jump higher. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that and that's that's what we're known for. We're gonna we're gonna teach you to make that weapon system work to the best of your ability and the best of our ability. Now, don't set yourself short here because you had a class and you had a good time too. Oh, I did, yeah, and that's a, we were going to get into that one too, because <laughs> the other thing too, the uh, that you hear the philosophy, you know, at Gunsight is it's not just it's not a shooting school. Some, I mean, it is obviously, but but it's a fighting school more. I mean, that's the skill that they're trying to teach people there, and I think that's that was pretty much the philosophy that Colonel Cooper started with, correct? Us, uh, we focus on mindset, gun handling, and marksmanship, but that all comes down to how you're going to fight with that weapon system whether it's a pistol caliber carbine, a pistol, rifle, shotgun, carbine, um, edged weapons, we're going to teach you to fight with that weapon system so you can better take care of yourself, your family, your community, uh, your nation, wh- whatever your your uh, background happens to be. Yeah, and that's kind of, you know, and that's what I try to emphasize, um, you know, to students out here because I, I teach the uh, concealed carry uh, qualification classes out here. And, uh, you know, I try to emphasize to students, you know, take it seriously, get this kind of training, you know, save up, spend the week at Gunsight each year or something like that, and really learn that stuff. Because the, um, you know, the class I was in, we'll talk a little bit more about it after the break, but it was the close quarter pistols class. And, um, you know, they talked about moving through crowds, working your way, you know, through people with a loved one. Um, you know, we did strikes, which I, I, haven't, I haven't thrown an elbow or a fist in years. Uh, but just a lot of different things like that. And it's just really a, a fighting survival kind of school. And uh, it was just great. And we had another tremendous instructor in our class as well. And um, yeah, well, that, that Jeff Dooley, your class, he's one of the group we call the Tennessee Mafia. We've got several uh, instructors that come out of the uh, Nashville metro area. And uh, 
he's one of those guys. I'll, I'll tell you, I, I'm an old Indiana University grad back in the Bobby Knight days. And, and regardless whether you want to think about his antics, he was one heck of a coach. And I remember hearing an interview he had, and they said, well, Coach, uh, how, how are you preparing your team for Ohio State or Michigan State or whoever it happens to be? And he looked, and you think, oh, boy, here it comes. And it did, but there was a lot of philosophy behind it. He basically said, I don't train my guys for it to play Michigan State. I set the standard. I set who this mythical standard will be, and it's always going to be greater than our opponent. And that's what we try to do here. We don't know whether it's going to be some minor league bad guy or some major league bad guy. We're going to set the goal so that you're going to be able to deal with either or both when, not if, it happens to you under that same Bobby Knight philosophy. Yeah, and that you know, and on top of the the philosophy at the school too, it's just the gun people and the people that come out to gun site um, are just just fantastic. I mean, we had a small class; we only had five people in our class. Um, the one woman that was in our class has been there. I think she said seventeen times. She's taken seventeen classes 17, with gun site, yeah. <clears throat> and you know, and some of the people, you know, the anti gunners and stuff, they've got this view of that. Yeah, this bunch of rednecks in the desert, but like um, you know, there were uh, there were. Two other men in the class. Uh, one was a, an emergency room doctor. Uh, there was another gentleman that was an, a, a very successful retired business person. Uh, the third guy, I think, was a you know a mid-level manager with Intel. So you get a real cross-section of society out there, but really just great people. I mean, every class I've been in, you know, everybody that was in there with me was fantastic. Yeah, I've been coming to Gunsight since 1990 either as a student or an instructor. And I can count on one hand the number of, let's just call them jerks, that I've met there, and I'm not using all my fingers. Uh, Because, again, the people that come, I took a newspaper editor in my prior life uh, back in Indiana. uh, I took a newspaper editor to one of the big gun shows in Indianapolis. He'd never been to a gun show, and he wasn't really anti-gun, but he wasn't pro-gun. And he wrote in his column after we went that he had never been around a more polite group of people and just nice to each other and kind and, and so on. And, but that's what gun people are. We're responsible, decent people, law-abiding. Uh, and that's, that's, unfortunately, that's what a lot of people aren't nowadays. So it is almost a surprise when people find nice people. Yeah, I know that was my experience, too, with uh, when I got into the issue, because I'm relatively new compared to everybody else. You know, I haven't been doing it for 30 or 40 years. But um, one of the misconceptions I had, I guess I had this this mental image of what gun people were going to be like. And, um, you know, it's, I was thinking uh, kind of this cross between Rambo and Duck Dynasty or something like that. And um, you just, I mean, you see some people like that, just like you see them at the mall or at the beach. But, um, you know, for the most part, I mean, just people are great um, with the guns. It's really good. Uh, it's just a really great experience. Well, what well, the term I use for them is earth people. The vast majority of our, of our clients are earth people, just the people you let live next door to, the people in a couple of cubicles down from you at work, um, people you run into at the grocery store. They're average uh, people that just take it seriously about wanting to be able, be able to protect themselves. And, uh, yeah, and it's great, too. You see more and more of that kind of stuff now. And, um, like I said, the, the class that I took, I mean, we, we talked about a whole lot of just practical stuff, um, you know, applied to the guns and the, um, and the concealed carry and everything. Hey, Ken, if you can hang on uh, through the break, I want to talk about more of the specialty classes and the gas match when we come back. I'll be here. 
All right, folks, this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome to Gun Owners Radio. FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right. You know, a lot of companies are really frustrated with their websites. Raise your hands. It looks it looks old, it's hard to update, and it's not generated any leads. Sage Tree gets it. Since 2005, Sage Tree has been helping companies with websites that look great, work great, and they get the leads. Stop being embarrassed by your website and get one that you can be proud of and share. So contact Sage Tree today to get a website that makes the iPhone ring. Getting started is super easy. Go to sagetree.com and schedule a call. Go to sagetree.com and press the schedule a call button. All right, so we're going back to Ken. We are. So we're back here with Ken Campbell, the CEO of Gunsight Training Academy out in Paulden, Arizona. So, Ken, when we were... um. One or two. Did you notice the uh, if you were listening to the uh, the answer part of the uh, the fade in the fade out there, the uh, the guy doing the uh, the answer is Action Jackson. Yeah, and Jackson is your eight. Jackson is that right? Uh, actually, nine. Nine. Yes. Oh, so my mistake. We had a birthday. But uh, but Jackson shoots every week. He's got his uh, Glock um, handgun. I think he trains with on Wednesdays every week. Is that right? Yep. And then working your way up to uh, bigger things. Is that true? Yep. So you may be seeing Jackson out there at uh, Gunsight in a few years. Why don't you ask him your, your question? Also, uh, what's your favorite gun? That's a good question. What's mine? Yeah. What's my favorite gun? Well, it's it's a uh, Colt Gunsight 1911 pistol. Uh, I like the commander size, lightweight, and 45 ACP. Interesting. <laughs> you'll, you'll have to when check you, when that you out. Oh, when you turn about 12 years old, we offer a youth class, the full five-day 250 pistol class for young men and young women ages 12 to 16 years old. It's the exact same class that me, you, Joe, Dave would take, except it's only amongst your own peers. And it is just a great week seeing all these young Americans, these young men and women, uh, strapping those uh, pistols on and learning the awesome responsibility of them. So you keep that in mind, those uh Three, three short years. You're nine now, I guess. You yep. said. So three short years, you'd be eligible. I almost wish it was tomorrow. <laughs> oh, but it'll be well worth the wait. 
you keep shooting, you keep shooting, you you impress you'll impress this guy once you get over there and find out how good you can shoot. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so, he's and he's um, getting trained. That's the beauty of it is it's not just going to the range and shooting his gun. He's actually going through right. training. He's got his trainer. What's her, what's her name? Uh, Thomas. Oh, it's Thomas. I'm sorry. I thought it was a girl. Well, well you, you teach young people to be responsible with firearms. They're going to be responsible yep. with drinking and driving, yep. and dating, and life. And, and there's great programs out there, 4-H Shooting Sports, Appleseed Project, and so on. And if you've got some background there, you need to be volunteering for those projects. We're hosting Appleseed events here at Gunsight later this year. We've got the Young Marines coming back. We've got uh, a church group through Colonel Freddie Blish that's have an offshoot of the Boy Scouts where we're hosting those young men and women. It, it, it's just a great thing. We've got, they are the future of our country and they need to be taught up now so they can represent us uh, with the second amendment bill of rights and the constitution. Outstanding. So Kelly, jot this down. Mom's in the studio here with us too. So you got three years gun sight. She's already Good signed him up. But uh, what is that? She already signed him up. Outstanding. So, Kent, actually, this is a good thing because, Kent, I wanted you to talk a little bit about the specialty classes that uh, you have out at Gunsight because uh, I know it's not just uh, shooting guns there, I guess. There's a number of um, different kinds of classes that you guys run out there. Can you talk about those a little bit? Sure, absolutely. Now, to take the 250 pistol class, it's numbered like a college class, is the bread and butter class, and that's the prerequisite that opens up the doors for many other pistol classes. But we do offer other things. Tactical medicine. When we first started doing this 25 years ago, it was based on more of a wartime model. Now it's a two-day class based on an active shooter model. Something bad happens at work or in the shopping mall. Uh, you shelter in place. What are you going to do for an hour, that golden hour, to keep somebody alive? Uh, so we've got that class. It's offered on the weekends. So maybe you're coming to take a class. You can do this on the front end or the back end of the class. That's a, you know, we I hadn't thought of that because uh, I'm registered for that one. I'll see you out there in uh, September, I think, for that. But I hadn't thought about sticking something on the front end or the back end. Good job, yeah, Ken. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, well, maybe, maybe we'll do good one of these days. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's, it's a great idea in there. We've got uh, in helping you. It, you may be able to use it as wilderness medicine. But again, something happens. It gives you two solid days. Uh, Dr. Steve Temerlin's our instructor for that. He's a, a firearms instructor with us also, but he's a retired uh, Navy doc that worked for Special Operations Command. Uh, I believe he did five tours. Um, so he's speaking from real-world experience, but he's just a very soft-spoken, kind-hearted guy that, that really gets his points driven across. Uh, we do edged weapons. There's a lot of places where you can't carry a firearm, but you can't carry a pocket knife of some sort. So uh, we've got uh, John Hutchison, uh, Jeff Dooley, and uh, Steve Tarani. And Steve's a very well-known name in the, in the defensive tactics community. Uh, they all uh, come and teach two-day edged weapons courses. Um, the, the, uh, the course you just took, the, the uh, um, close quarters pistol class, that's just not all shooting, as you mentioned. It's some pushing and shoving and striking and punching and so on because it's the answer is not always going to be your pistol. It may be something else. Um, so we, we offer a variety. You know, if, if you go to gunsite.com, G-U-N-S-I-T-E, gunsite.com, and look on our classes, there's a cornucopia classes. And we also travel around the country and offer them. We offer off-site courses in Colorado and in Indiana and in South Carolina, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, um, 
we're, we're always looking for different venues. Uh, we're talking with some folks possibly in Texas. We'd love to get a venue in California again. We used to teach out there. Um, but sometimes it's challenging because, especially with the firearms, because we want to teach drawing from the holster and some ranges won't allow that and so on and so on. But if you've got a range that you think will allow that, you contact me, Ken, at gunsite.com. I'll put you in touch with our training coordinator. We'll try to sort something out and come and do a two- or three-day class in, in your neighborhood. Well, and that's great. I would love to do that out here someplace. The uh, the other thing, too, I was going to ask you, the um, something that's open for former students is the gas match. Uh, could you tell folks a little bit oh. about that? Right, the Gunsight Alumni Shoot. Um, it's a social engagement slightly interrupted by gunfire. It's a one-day shooting match the first Saturday in October. We donate the ranges. Our great instructors donate their travel and time. And uh, uh, the monies we raise, 95% of it go to the Jeff Cooper Legacy Foundation, a 501c3 operated by the Cooper's daughters and granddaughter that does scholarships. And then about 5% of the money go to the Yapify County Friends of the NRA dinners where we donate guns and prizes and such. But you have to have a pistol class in order to be able to, to attend the gas match. But it starts at 7.30 in the morning with presentation of the colors. By 0800, we're firing rounds downrange. There's 10 stages plus what's called the Cooper Cup that's included in your match fee, plus a great hot dog, hamburger, barbecue at lunch. And then in the evening, we have a big cowboy barbecue, sit-down cowboy barbecue. The prize table is heaped with prizes by our great sponsors like Double Tap Ammo, Ruger, uh, Mossberg, uh, um, hog holsters uh and on you know when you start listing sponsors you always end up forgetting some folks <laughs> but we our prize table is heaped with great prizes so everybody wins prizes we do side matches mossberg bang comp and remington will donate a shotgun so you'll throw down ten dollars and you'll shoot what's called a uh, dozier drill well joe if you're the quickest time until dave shows up and he throws down ten dollars and out shoot you throw down ten more dollars and out shoot him and uh the, the winner, the quickest time, um, wins that gun. We'll have different rifles, uh, Daniel's Defense, uh, uh, and so on. We'll have them out at, on the rifle range, and we'll have Tannerite at 100. You'll get one shot at the Tannerite at 100. If you blow it up, your name goes in the hat, and we draw the name. So it's, uh, it's a fun thing. Everybody wins stuff, and the money's go to a 501c3. All right, buddy. Hey, man, it's always good talking to you. Stay in touch. Keep up the good work. And we'll talk to you down the road. All right. Hey, this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96, AM 1170. The answer. Since 2011, Professor Yamane has studied guns, especially the new self-defense-oriented core of American gun culture called Gun Culture 2.0. Uh, 2.0. Uh, more with Professor Yamane after this. Do you have jewelry you don't wear anymore? Well, Leo Hamill just doesn't sell jewelry. They buy and, and your jewelry, your diamonds, gold, silver, flatware, coins, maybe a Swiss watch or two for the best possible prices. And they pay you right on the spot. They'll even buy them whether they work or not or the piece is broken. Here's an idea. Why not sell the jewelry or watch that you haven't been wearing or doesn't work 
and go buy a gun and shoot it. Way more fun. So when you sell to Leo Hamill, not only will you get the best deal, you'll also be supporting the Second Amendment. Support the companies that support the 2A. Call 619-299-1500, or you can visit their website at leohamill.com to find a jewelry buyer located near you. Always get awesome service at Leo's, 619-299-1500. Yeah, Leo's is the best. Right. And Leo Fit Labs, right next to Leo's uh, jewelry store, is very, very cool if you're looking for a high-tech place to work out. Okay, so Professor David Yamani, um, so, uh, excuse me, sociology professor at Wake Forest University. Uh, professor, are you there? I am here. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, happy Easter to everybody. Happy Easter. Thank Thanks you. for coming on. So let's start with a, a real basic question. What's the difference between sociology and psychology? Well, I think psychology studies more what goes on inside of a person, their, their psyche, their character, sometimes their cognitive dispositions. And I think sociology is much more concerned about what goes on between people. Interesting. So more study of how people act in groups and how groups act with other groups. Is that, that kind of sum it up a little bit? Yeah, I think, you know, groups, organizations, institutions, large scale processes like globalization, culture, you know, all of those things that kind of transcend the level of the individual. Wow. So how did you what was your interest? What sparked your interest in becoming a sociology professor? Well, I've, I had originally intended to go into the foreign service back when the Soviet Union still existed and we had a Cold War and nuclear uh, war was uh, seemed like a, an ever-present reality. And uh, then I got to Washington, D.C., realized it was a little bit too rough for me, and so I fled into the ivory tower uh, and could satisfy a lot of my interests uh, studying sociology without getting my hands bloody. <laughs> wow. Talk about that. What do you mean? Uh, what, there's a lot to ask about that, actually. So what do you mean? It was uh, Washington, D.C. was, a, would you say it was a little rough? Well, you know, politics, you know, real politics, the kinds of, uh, you know, decisions you have to make, the kind of things you have to do in order to, you know, protect the national interests of the United States was you know, a little bit beyond what my, my small town idealistic self uh, was prepared for. And and you said ivory tower. You, you, is that are you describing academia? Yeah, you know I think uh, it's a place where you uh, can you know retreat from some of those messy realities a little bit and stand back from the fray and try to to gain a little bit of understanding and maybe you know inform the people who are who are in the arena duking it out. So how do you if there's how do you how do you bridge the gap between you know the ivory tower and the and the trenches? Well, for me, you know, and I'd say in, in terms of my actual work on gun culture is I, I try to, you know, get out of the ivory tower, get out into the world and and observe what people are doing, how they're doing it, why they're doing it. And, uh, you know, so I guess the, the difference is I'm not trying to influence what people are doing. I'm not trying to convince people to do this rather than that. I'm really just trying to understand why what makes people do what they do? Why does that make sense to them? And I think that's kind of a distinctive approach I bring to the issue of gun culture, since a lot of people approach gun culture, especially from you know an academic perspective, with uh, you know a little bit of at arm's distance, uh, you know, not 
trying to understand it, but only in in their own terms, you know, from their own perspectives and not really doing a great job of understanding it from the perspective of the people who are participants. And I, you know, if I can continue, I'd say, you know, one of the things that allows me, I think, to get a little bit more of an insider's perspective is around the same time I started studying gun culture, I also became a gun owner myself. And so I think that's a you know, big part of my my approach is having lived 40 years of my life, never seeing, touching, or firing a gun to, in my 40s, firing a gun for the first time, becoming a gun owner, becoming a concealed carry permit holder, and then really immersing myself in, into gun culture from that perspective. So it's kind of an insider-outsider perspective. And that, that's actually going to be my next question. What's the most effective way? You know, if you show up with a, with a clipboard, people act very differently. So what is the most yeah. effective way to observe uh, you know, groups, you just kind of touched on it with gun culture in general, but, you know, what's the most effective way to observe a group? I mean, I think that you have to really sort of find the right balance between participation and observation. You know, I think participation alone gives you some perspective, but it, if you get too immersed in a situation, you can't stand back and see what's going on. Uh, same, you know, other side of that coin is observation alone, never actually engaging in the behavior that you're trying to understand also kind of keeps you at, at somewhat of a remove from what's going on. So, you know, I, I always try to balance. I've, you know, spent about 800 hours observing various uh, gun training, gun conferences, gun shows, you know, SHOT Show, NRA Show. And sometimes I, I actively, like if I'm at a course, sometimes I'll take that course. Uh, other times I'll just observe. Uh, it's funny that you had Ken Campbell on because, you know, I did go out to Gunside and observe their 250 pistol course, but I, I didn't participate at all. Uh, it would have been a bit too costly for me to, to jump in there. And so I didn't have the experience of taking that course, but I was there the entire time for five days observing. And there were some things... You know, if you can appreciate if you're observing and not just worrying about when am I on the line? Do I have enough magazines loaded? How am I shooting? Uh, so, you know, I think that was a great experience for me, although I'd love to go back and actually take the course. Wasn't there a term, there a sociology term for, for understanding by doing or something along Verstehen, isn't that the word? Yeah, you know, I think that that's uh, a kind of interpretive understanding. It comes out of the you know German tradition of humanistic social science, and and I think that's I think that's a great way to approach things. You know, I think we see a lot of the you know people who are well intentioned. They really want to try to understand guns and gun owners, uh, but because they don't really have any sense of the lived experience of gun owners, uh, you know, they they'll ask, for example, survey questions that don't really makes sense to a gun owner. They use terminology that doesn't make sense to gun owners. And, you know, so I think that that at least some understanding of what makes sense to the people you're studying is is a minimum requirement for doing good research. So when you go to SHOT Show or, a, or any gun show or you go to any gun event, whether it's, you know, um, wherever you go and you're, you're going to study gun culture, um, you know, what does that mean? Like, what are you looking for when you observe gun owners? Yeah, so I think, you know, when I talk about culture, I use a kind of standard definition. Uh, you know, there's not a single definition of culture, but I think practically for me, it has to do with the beliefs, the values, the norms, and the practices of the people who are 
engaged in a particular activity. So for me, you attach that anything having to do with guns that I'm trying to understand, you know, those beliefs, values, norms, and practices around guns. Uh, you know, at SHOT Show, you know, I'm looking at, at the types of guns that are being sold, how they're being sold, you know, the representations uh, of gun owners that, that come out in those shows. Uh, same thing with, you know, the NRA show, who's there, why are they there, what are they hoping to gain, what sort of seminars is the NRA putting on, and, you know, how does that represent, uh, you know, the current state and possible future of, of gun culture. So, Professor Yamani, I have a, just a question. I want to go back a little bit. Um, you know, you said you spent the first 40 years of your life, uh, you know, whatever, um, not really having any contact at all with guns. And now you've progressed all the way up through, what, a concealed uh, carrier. So I wanted to ask you how, how that happened or how you worked in it. Was there a specific, like, incident or something that you experienced? Or did you kind of just slowly, gradually move into it? Or how did that work? Yeah, well, uh, I was grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, so it's kind of a, a gun-safe uh, blue bubble. And you get into sociology, this is, you know, the, the blueness of the blue bubble, you know, gets even... Uh, clearer, and so that kind of followed me around until I got to North Carolina, and then I, I started noticing, you know, people who I knew, tennis buddies, IT guys, real estate agents, you know, all, you know, had guns. Uh, you know, I started seeing billboards for gun stores and signs for concealed carry classes. Uh, and I started watching, you know, by accident, Top Shot on the History Channel. So, you know, the kind of reality of guns was just sort of dawning on me at the time, which I think for a lot of people who are involved with guns, it's, you know, they would be shocked that you could go 42 years of your life and not really realize that there were guns out there. Um, but, you know, that was that was my reality. And so, you know, I started, guns moved onto my radar, and that kind of combined also with a moment uh, I had uh, kind of, uh, a frightening interaction I had in the parking lot of my apartment complex when I had a, my kids with me. Uh, and I realized kind of at that time, like, wow, I have really no idea of how I would protect my kids or myself if I ever needed to. And again, that's a, a sort of privilege of my life that I never, until I was 42 years old, really thought about my own yeah. or my family's security. Uh, so, you know, those two things kind of came together to, uh, you know, bring the, the possibility of, of guns into my life. And, uh, you know, the first time I shot a gun, I was actually more just trying to figure out how they worked, how to make them safe. That was more out of fear than of interest. Uh, but, you know, in, in that first experience, I had, you know, a great time. I found it challenging and interesting. And so, hey, you hey, know, from doc there. Dr. Yamani, yeah. we're going to get you your own radio show. You're really good. But can you hang with us for just a minute or two? Sure. We're going to take a break, come back, and we'll continue right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hi, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio. FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, folks, PRMI Mortgage, primeres.com slash alpine. 
Hey, are you in the military? Are you looking for help for a VA loan? Well, if you're looking to buy, refi, or if you're just considering a reverse mortgage, you can call our local mortgage guy that you can trust. Call Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Give Chris Wiley a call, 619-722-1303 at primeres.com slash Alpine. All right, we're talking to sociology professor at Wake Forest University, uh, David Yamani. We're talking about gun culture. Tell us about what is gun culture 2.0? Yeah, so well, gun culture 2.0 is a term that I stole from Michael Bain to describe the evolution of America's historic gun culture to having as its core self-defense. So, you know, I think that self-defense has always been part of American gun culture, but it's only in the last several decades that it's really come to be the major aspect of that culture. What was the major aspect before that, in your your opinion? Yeah, so I characterize gun culture 1.0 as being centered in really – recreational hunting and recreational and competitive target shooting and now it's self-defense i've definitely noticed that as well in fact i was thinking when you were talking about how one of the reasons you you became a a gun owner and and started carrying is you know because uh, something happened to you and uh you know you realize geez I, i can't defend myself I, you know, I've been a gun nut since I was a kid. I just really enjoyed it. I loved the hobby. I loved movies about it. I couldn't wait to be a gun owner. I just thought it was it was it was neat. It was just very very interesting to me. I started carrying daily about two years ago, I think, if I'm doing the math right. And within weeks, I remember it occurring to me that I've been going my whole life completely unable to defend myself. You know, if something happened, if something really truly happened, my best case scenario is that I could remember some of the boxing lessons I took when I was a kid, and I, I realized, wow, this I'm an enormously vulnerable. You know, my eyes were opened, and I was, there was what 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 situation could I handle as far as self defense? You know, um, not that that's always the answer, but when it when it needs to be the answer, there, there's only one answer. So. Um, unbelievably vulnerable. And I, I think that people are coming to that same conclusion, especially with when COVID happened and, and the mostly peaceful protests happened. Um, people started coming to the same conclusion that, you know, all the political rhetoric kind of flew out the window, you know, about, well, 10 day wait periods and whatever, and this, that, and the other thing. People just said, I need to protect myself. And the thing that makes the most amount of sense is a firearm. So what do you think what, what do you think that change came from or what are you seeing that that is making that change happen? Yeah, well, I think you know the real seeds of uh, gun culture 2.0 were in the 1960s where we saw some interesting parallels actually to what we saw in 2020 which was a great deal of of uh, social unrest, a lot of social uncertainty as society was changing and perceptions of a rising crime rates. And so, you know, I think that became the impetus for a shift among people who were already in, in gun culture to start thinking about placing a greater emphasis on self-defense. So you see, and again, with Ken Campbell being on, this is very timely, you know, the rise of the civilian gun training industry in the 1970s with the founding of, of Gun Sight. And then that rolls into the sort of shall issue concealed carry movement in the 1980s, and then all of the things that happened 
in the culture with the expansion of training and concealed carry courses and guns that were easy to carry and all of the accessories that you need to do that, defensive ammo, you know, and it just sort of builds on itself. Uh, and then, you know, the more that becomes normalized, the easier it is for people who are in a situation like I was, for whom guns were just barely on the radar, is to think, hey, I have this problem. What might be a solution to that problem in guns? You know, gun ownership for defensive purposes becomes a sensible answer to that. And as you said, this is exactly what we saw in 2020 and 2021 with social unrest, social uncertainty, political instability, and a lot of new and what I would call non-traditional gun owners got into the game. Now, we have we, we stream live over YouTube, and one of our watchers um, wants to know who is more curious about the other side. Are the anti-gunners more curious about the pro-gunners, or are the pro-gunners more curious about the anti-gunners? I mean, honestly, I'm going to call that one a draw. I think that neither side, you know, in terms of the the hardcore anti-gun, hardcore pro-gun, don't really listen. Neither side listens to the other. Uh, you know, I think that the it's that's unfortunate because a lot of people are, are in the middle. You know, a lot of people are what I would call gun curious. You know, they don't currently own guns. Uh, but they're not opposed to owning guns in the future. And, you know, those people tend to kind of get lost in the yelling back and forth. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I've seen it firsthand a lot, in fact. I think one of the big advantages we have is that it's a lot more fun to shoot a gun than it is to ban a gun. So we, we tend to we, we tend to do well with the folks in the, in the middle, but I know exactly what you're talking about. So studying gun culture and, you know, seeing gun culture 2.0 and, um, you know, kind of, kind of becoming part of gun culture. What are some conclusions you've come to or some, what are some observations you've made about gun culture? I think one of the, the biggest things, and again, this is borne out uh, in the last couple of years in particular, is that, uh, you know, self-defense is a universal concern. You know, I think gun culture 1.0 that, you know, hunting, you know, appeals to, People from certain backgrounds, people from certain geographical areas, tar recreational target shooting, I think the same thing. You know, but the, the need for self-defense is something that everybody has. Not everybody will meet that need through guns, but potentially anybody could. So I think gun culture 2.0 is much more inclusive. And, you know, when we see people pouring into gun ownership and at record levels, it's not surprising that a lot of those people are women, racial minorities, people from the LGBT community, you know, people who are not what people traditionally think of as the face of gun owners. So, you know, the gun culture 2.0 really is changing the face of gun ownership. Now, as a sociologist, do you, do you, do you make, for, I don't know, for, maybe for lack of a better term, do you make judgment calls? You know, do, do you look at, at our at, at gun culture 2.0 and do you look at, at gun owners as a group? Are, are, is it good or is that your job? I, mean, I, don't, I don't think it's my job, though I do. You know, I, I spend some, a lot of my time in dialogue with people who really only focus on the negative outcomes with guns, you know, because the you know, fields of the social sciences, uh, public health, you know, these people tend to focus on the things that are going wrong. Uh, so I do spend a lot of my time in dialogue with those people and trying to emphasize, 
you know, the the normality of gun ownership, the fact that most gun owners don't have, you know, problems, that most gun owners are actually concerned to prevent negative outcomes, that they want to be responsible. Uh, you know, so in that sense, I guess, you know, that could be interpreted as saying, you know, guns are good. I actually use the term guns are normal because uh, I think that's more of a, you know, kind of social scientific concept of normality hmm. as opposed to deviance. Um, so I, I try to stay pretty politically neutral, especially. You know, I think it's important for me to be able to, you know, speak to both sides or I, maybe it's better to say all sides, all sides of the issues. Sure. Since there's a lot of nuance there. Uh, and, you know, there are plenty of people out there to carry the uh, the political torches. And, you know, to the extent that I am a gun owner and a concealed carrier, I appreciate the fact that there are people out there, you know, fighting for my ability to do that. Um, what's but, you know, the, what what state are you in? Part of my work. Wake, Wake Forest is in North, Pennsylvania. Wait, where's Wake North, Forest? North, North Carolina. Oh, I was real. I was real close. Um, he doesn't get out much so north carolina is is a if i lived in san diego i wouldn't leave san diego (laughs) north carolina is really uh very friendly to ccw so you don't have any problems there you're you're probably you're normal you're in 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 your environment i'm guessing yeah you you know it's uh we have uh, a required eight hour course you have to shoot i i should know this off the top of my head 30 rounds you know at a you know, a target that most people can't miss if they tried. Mm. Um, I, I think the course is pretty, you know, it's good. I learned from the course. Uh, but it's, you know, it's not, uh, I'd say it's in, the, it's in the middle for shall issue states in terms of what you have to do to get a permit. And what advice and do we you... also do still have pistol purchase permits in North Carolina. So that's, you know, oh, more on the restrictive end. What advice do you have for for? folks in gun culture when it comes to, you know, playing, playing, doing a better job of playing well with others? What, what, what do you think we, sh- we should be doing better? You know, I think uh, uh, it was, you know, Tony, Tony Simon says, you know, go 60%, right? Don't, don't meet people halfway, you know, go a little bit further in terms of, of being open. And, you know, I, I'm always all about kind of trying to build bridges where I can as opposed to walls. So to, you know, be as welcoming as you can to people, even people who, you know, you might see as as uh, uh, very anti-gun, as I think you, you had said earlier that, you know, there's no anti-gun gun range. Uh, right. You know, that, that, you know, if you can get people to, to understand why you own guns, you know, even if it doesn't make sense to them, you may help them to understand why it makes sense to you. You know, I think that that's where some of these wins can take place, especially trying to to capture that the middle ground. You know, there are a lot of people in the United States who are not gun owners, or, but who are sympathetic to to gun ownership and gun rights. And you know, if if you only focus on people who are already bought in to the cause, you're losing out on quite a few people. Well, I think an anti-gun gun range would be a golf course. I think that's what that would be. <laughs> So yeah, I sold out from John Hopman, by the way. I have to give credit where credit is due. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I get it. I, I, I go back and forth on that. I, I think that there is so much to be done within the pro-gun culture in organizing and getting people active that I frequently make the case, don't, don't even mess with anti-gun people. You know, why spend all that time trying to convince them of something? Why not spend 
uh, all you know that same amount of time getting pro gun people or you know people that are that were, that are bought into you know and agree with us get them active because so few of us are. And I think that's a fair point. I saw something very interesting because when I saw all of these new people coming into gun ownership, I thought, yeah, they're gun owners, but that doesn't mean that, you know, their politics are going to follow or their views of policy are going to follow. But I saw uh, a recent um, report from the National Opinion Research Center that said that, that new gun owners' views of the importance of concealed carry rights really align with existing gun owners, which that's awesome. you know, I thought was surprising. Yeah. You right. know, David, you were extremely interesting. Yeah. Would you, would you, can we have you back on a lot more often? That was a fa- fascinating conversation. I love to talk about guns. I'll come back anytime <laughs> we can work it out. Great. Thank right. you. Dr. Yamani, thank you very much. All right, folks, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The, the folks welcome back to gun owners radio fm 961 am 1170 the answer all right folks orange county saturday april 23rd you can go to the gun prom and if you do miss it which would be a terrible thing to have happen you can come back to the san diego uh, gun prom on june 18th at town and country mission valley uh when it comes to second amendment celebration dinners gun prom is first on your list and i'm telling you it is amazing like-minded people you need to come down yeah you could have had you read it that would have been mean <laughs> yeah right i know all righty so it's time for everybody's favorite segment stump my nephew sam the gunman is my nephew and we found out years ago that he's extremely good with with uh, with gun trivia so if you send us a question that has to do with uh, gun gun ownership firearms whatever history <laughs> You see that, that? Sounded, that oh sounded like horror screaming. I, I think it was a ghost. Oh my gosh! It went it, right at you too. It did hit me right in the eye. Yeah, right. Sorry about that, if, uh, if you, Sam. Yeah, if you send us a question we'll, and we read it on the air, we'll get you a hat or a shirt. If you if you stump my nephew, we'll get you a special prize. Last special prize was a couple of tickets to Gun Prom. Plus, I sent. I think we sent some uh, some cool stuff. It was somebody from like Illinois that stumped him. So, Sam, you there? Yeah. How are you guys? Good man. How are you? All right. How are uh, how's uh, how's everything there? I think everything's pretty good. I don't think you're going to be happy with the question today. No. Unless you get it right, then you it'll be fine. But if uh, there's uh, I don't know, they might throw a flag on this play because it's a little it's a little weird. But but well, with with without further ado, Action Jackson, what's the question? All right, Lester from Carlsbad asks. Where can you get a gun and license in exchange for a vasectomy? Did you get that, Sam? It sounds like a mic drop, if you want my honest opinion. <laughs> Say that again? Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. You want to? Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Where? Okay. So Lester from Carlsbad wants to know, where can you get a gun license in exchange for a vasectomy? What country could that be? Um, well... Okay, first of all, I know it's not the United States because we don't actually have a licensing program for ownership. We have a licensing program for dealers. Um, I'm going to guess somewhere in Europe, first of all, um, because many European countries, if not all of them, 
uh, well, most European countries have some kind of licensing program. Um, I'm going to say not Switzerland, not Germany, not Finland, not the Czech Republic, um, not the United Kingdom. Uh, let's see, thinking countries with a high birth rate. Um, <laughs> that, you're on the right track there. You're definitely on the right track. By the way. That's, I love this logic. This yeah. is great. He's, we're yeah. walking we have, right through out loud, a, a out loud of, less. You're, so, you're almost like me at this point because I think out loud. So by that token, so, it might not be in Europe then. So then I'm starting to think um, some some country like uh, Brazil or somewhere in sub-Saharan Africa, but I don't know foreign gun laws all that well. Mm-hmm. You don't? So, oh, my goodness. Keep, that, going. A, Keep going. You're, you're, you're working through the logic. Yeah. You know... This is you, High birth you are rate. absolutely right. I do not like this question at all. <laughs> um, high birth rate. Yeah, stay with the high birth rate yeah. approach there. High birth rate. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say Vietnam. It is not Vietnam, unfortunately. I can st- <laughs> I can see why with you know with vasectomy that you would uh, think European. But no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, that wasn't a joke. Was dad it? joke. <laughs> was that a joke? Did you try to throw a zinger in? The uh, the the answer, the correct answer, is actually India. Um, your uh, your older sister just started. I just heard. Out I just that. heard your 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 manager is. Yeah, I'm probably gonna get some hate mail from yeah. your manager. That's it. That's right. As as gun culture spreads in India, local governments have offered to fast track firearms licenses if men have vasectomies. This was reported by the L.A. Times in 2012. Um, Let's see. Offered, yes. The men deal accepted. Official. One year after it started, men in one of India's most violent regions who underwent the procedure in order to arm themselves for protection are still waiting for their permits. So apparently they're not real efficient, but uh, uh, let's see. Well, the the Indian bureaucracy is notoriously inefficient. Right, and and the people that have had it done feel like they've been tricked. Yeah, so yeah, Gupta, a guy named Gupta said, I underwent the operation only for the gun license. The announcement appears to have been a trick. He's not very happy with yeah. it. I, okay, not exactly a traditional question, you know, no. firearms, gun related. But you know what that did? That gave a fascinating, if brief, glimpse into the how the mind of Sam the Gunman works. Boy, that's, that's what kidding. we were going for. Right that there. was a journey. That was worth it. And, now, and that's a compliment, by the way. That we're not bagging on you. That was a compliment. Listening to you walk through this piece by piece to get to an end, end result. That was very good. And the background Yelp shows everybody yeah. how much fun <laughs> I have annoying my sister. Oh, is that, is that <laughs> your sister big, Yelp? Was that, that was sister her. Yelp? Oh, I recognize that I Yelp. I come there. through on that end? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Loud and clear. <laughs> so, all right. Well, there you go. Not Okay. we He stumped you. We'll give him the prize. We'll give him the hat, the shirt, and, and maybe we'll, we'll give him some. He's in Carlsbad. We'll give, some, we'll give Lester some gun, pri- uh, gun, gun prom tickets. I I don't necessarily I don't disagree with with your uh, frustration with this question, but I still think it was extremely interesting, and I thought that your your uh, you know working through it was actually was also very interesting. It was an interesting question. I will concede that point, Lester. Thank you very much for writing in. <laughs> Good old Lester from Carlsbad. Yeehaw. All right, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. See you next week. Awesome job as always. 
Yeah, as always, thanks very much for having me on. Oh, and is that is that Carlsbad, California, or Carlsbad, New Mexico? Oh, that's a good question. I'm assuming it's 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 San Diego. It's it's Carlsbad, California. We'll just we'll take it. We'll double check. We'll take it. Yeah. Okay. Well, the um, one the one without the one that's far less cavernous. Yes, exactly. Hey, it's a caller. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks, Sam. Thank you. Good night. Good night. All right. Mm. So now it's time for everyone's second favorite, or maybe it's their third favorite segment, the uh, this week's mic drop. Mic drop. So last week, the city of La Mesa decided to vote on a regulation that would require people to store all their firearms either locked up or inoperable inside their home, whether or not they have kids, unless they're actually touching the firearm. This is the same regulation that the city of San Diego passed and the same regulation that the county of, of San Diego passed that, of course, only applies to the unincorporated areas. We fortunately, San Diego County gun owners, got it defeated, and we're very, very proud of that. Um, it was defeated at a 3-2 to two vote, and that was thanks to our members. And what I mean by that is our members just uh, last, uh, last fall helped get Laura Lothian elected. Without Laura Lothian, this thing would have passed, and you would have the regulation in La Mesa, and it would continue to spread throughout San Diego. Fortunately, Laura Lothian led the charge, helped to get defeated, but San Diego County gun owners weren't done there. You also helped the one – there was one swing vote. There was Bill Baber and Laura Lothian, who were absolutely convinced that this was a bad regulation. There was Colin Parent and Jack Shue, who were convinced it was a good regulation, and then the mayor was right in the center. And thanks to our members – who sent emails and made phone calls politely explaining why it was bad for La Mesa to get involved in a national issue like this and how it wasn't safe and wasn't a good idea, the mayor went our way. Colin Parent and Jack Shue, you guys should be absolutely ashamed. This is a ridiculous attempt to uh, get a, an ineffective um, victim disarmament program installed in La Mesa. La Mesa has all kinds of problems, and gun storage isn't one of them, but that didn't stop you guys. And I think it's the best punishment is to keep them in office and and get make sure that they have a three to two majority in favor of the Second Amendment, so that Jack Shue and Colin Parent can just sit there in obscurity, not getting anything of any substance passed, but still having to go to every meeting and and waste their time. We certainly don't want them out in the general public, uh, spreading their ridiculousness. Let them just sit there on the dais and make sure that we can count to three every single time. I, I can't tell you how absolutely ridiculous it was that they would uh, go up on the dais and talk about this and try to convince people this was going to help kids, and that's what they always do. They, they turn it into an emotional issue rather than a functional one and say, oh, gee, think of the kids, think of the kids. There's already, there are already laws in California this, uh, the, regarding kids and firearms. This regulation wouldn't have changed anything. All it would have done was prevented a single person, single woman, uh, from having a gun available in order for her to defend herself. It's just another way to put more people in jail. Um, absolutely ridiculous. I'm glad. Congratulations, San Diego County gun owners for and, and, and all the members that helped. Thank you very much. And uh, Colin and Jack, you know, just sit there and think about what you've done. Um, absolutely ridiculous. I can't tell you how happy we are that you failed, and I hope you just sit there in obscurity um, uh, getting outvoted every time. And that is this week's Mic Drop. Mic drop. Okay, well, shall we close her? There you go. I don't have to go 386 miles an hour. Nope. Folks, you could subscribe to our show and give us a five-star review. 
You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify. Hit as many as you can because the more you get, our sponsors love it. And go check out our sponsors like San Diego County, uh, Orange County, and Inland Empire Gun Owners, the Dillon Law Group, PRMI Mortgage, Sage Tree Digital Marketing, Seal One, It Doesn't Smell, Leo Hamill's Fine Jewelers, San Diego Flight Training International, and a real big thanks out to Joe Jeremisi, Michael Schwartz, Sam the Gunman, and Action Jackson, and don't forget Mr. Brendan Thomas, who keeps us on the air. I want to thank you all, folks. Keep Second Amendment in your mind. And join San Diego County gun owners. Go to the website, giantstcgo.org. Give some help. And, hey, maybe we'll see you at the banquet. Check us out. We're going to, I guess we got a taped show for Bob Siegel. But you can sit back and listen because they're always entertaining on FM 97.8. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.